Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey guys, could you do me a favor and get a Sense of Soul podcast YouTube? I'm trying to put an effort in making more videos. So please go there, check it out, and subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. And on today's episode, we have Amy Robeson. Amy is the host of the Awakening with Amy Robeson podcast. Amy works with the magic of the crystalline energy, the Akashic Records, and other powerful spiritual systems and modalities. Her ability to heal others and to channel higher wisdom has grown more intense and more powerful than ever as she embraces her gifts and owning her power as a gifted empath, super intuitive healer, and spiritual coach. And it's my honor to have Amy with us today. Thank you so much, Amy, for being with us. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. And where are you at? I'm in Nashville. Oh, okay. I'm in Colorado. Oh, nice. We thought about moving there before we moved here. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Wisconsin, actually, originally. I'm from Milwaukee. Okay. So I was listening to some of your YouTubes yesterday and then, and also very educational. Yeah, I definitely would suggest it. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. You know, just to start off, why don't you tell me about like little Amy? Like, who were you growing up? (laughs) Yes. I was always curious about angels and God, even though we never went to church, my mom always said like, you can believe in God. You don't have to go to church. And I was, my mom would buy me like angel books. And like, I was obsessed with angels. I had like an altar growing up, but I didn't know that it was an altar at the time, but I would like sit and pray in front of it, but nobody taught me any of these things. And I was just very curious and very social. And I always wanted to be around adults and learn things from them. And I always wanted to go to school. I was very different than most kids. I loved going to school and I wanted to go to school because I could be myself and I can discover new things about myself. But uh, I grew up in a very strict household um, with my stepdad. My stepdad was an alcoholic. And I think that that really assisted in my empathic abilities in terms of like how I can tune in and have my spidey senses. Cause most people that are very empathic, most of them have had to tune into energy at a very young age in order to keep themselves safe. And so when you hear someone that says I'm sensitive or I'm an empath, usually it has to do with something that occurred in their lifetime. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a childhood, but usually people that are very um, in tune to sensitive energy is to keep themselves safe, to tune in. What what What's going to happen? How can I predict what's going to happen? And so I'm grateful for that experience and because it's shaped me to who I am. But my childhood was, it was very interesting. That's the best word I can use. <laughs> you know what? I've heard this before, someone else talking about this and very similar. Everyone had to almost walk on eggshells 
you know, it's like, you can't really communicate with someone after a certain time. And so I'm an empath too. I was sitting here wondering like, what was it that, well, actually though, I was an empath, but I didn't know. So what you're Mm -hmm. saying is when you're an empath, well, we're all, I think, capable of being empath. Yes, absolutely. When you're in the situation, it kind of activates it really strong in that person because they've had to do that. Yes. And it it can be a very unconscious thing that someone's doing that because it's a protection mechanism. It, and it can be even other forms. It could be, you know, maybe you grew up in a household full of yellers. Like, you know, that is traumatic too, or even silent treatment. Silent treatment is a form of abuse as well. And so, you know, you can grow up and it doesn't have to be a substance abuse situation. It can be any form of abuse. I I grew up with yellers. Like my, my mom was a yeller. And then, you know, then my stepdad was an alcoholic and he, he fought demons his whole life until he passed away. And unfortunately he wasn't able to heal those in this lifetime, but I'm so grateful for the relationship and the childhood that I had, even though there was bad things that happened because they shaped me to who I am. Cause I can have a conversation with you today about it. And I have been able to heal a lot of wounds. Are there still wounds to heal? Absolutely. Because sometimes we peel back layer after layer after layer, and it doesn't come up that it's like, oh, I I healed that. I thought I healed that. And then it's like, no, there's another source spot under there. And that's where I think like spirituality and curiosity go hand in hand. You got to be curious about behaviors, the way you think, the way you act. Because if you get curious, you're not judging, you're not condemning, you're getting curious about it. And then you have the opportunity to change something if it does, if it's not working for you. Oh, a hundred percent. You have to investigate, right? Yes. Yeah. I like that word, investigate. I, I spent my entire, I mean, I've gone through therapy over this, but you know, it's how I became codependent, which I used to say that codependency was like being a unhealthy empath (laughs) thinking that you could save everybody because you could feel that they needed something more. Well, I think if you grow up in a household where you have mental health issues and you have alcoholism or anything like that, like anything, right? Sometimes what ends up happening is the child becomes a partner to one or both of the parents. And this is called inovert incest. It can be sexual or non-sexual. Most of the time it's non-sexual, but there's mm-hmm. the, the triple whammy where if it's both parents and then there's sexual abuse involved as well. But inovert incest is when one of the parents makes one of the child a partner in the relationship. So basically what that means is the child becomes an adult too soon. And the parent will usually share things with the child that are not appropriate to be sharing. And it's not the child's responsibility to take care of the parent, but it happens. And like, my thing is, is like, I don't, I'm not mad at my parents for anything they ever did. They did the best that they could do based on what skills that they were given when they became parents, by the time they became parents. And, you know, they figured it out as they went. 
And our job is to do better than they did. And the next generation is to do better than the previous generation. And that's just how we heal. And that's how we move on. And we move past family trauma and past family karma and things like that. But the thing about the inovert incest is if you've ever become like a segregate parent to one of your parents, it really messes with your adult relationships because what happens is there can be codependency issues. And then there can also be people pleasing. A lot of codependency is people pleasing. Like you're constantly people pleasing. You want to make sure that that person's taken care of because you're used to taking care of other people at a very young age, or maybe not even very young age. It could be a teenage age. You get pushed into a role that you weren't supposed to be pushed into at that age. And it changes your outlook and your sense of identity on who and what you're supposed to be doing. And what ends up happening is you end up, or people that do this, and I'm a people pleaser, I'm constantly working on my boundaries and I'll call myself out on it when I'm like, Ooh, that was people pleasing move right there. And what ends up happening is we can, once we start identifying it and creating boundaries and creating a sense of awareness of behaviors that's going back to the investigation and the curiosity, we get to change those habits and behaviors and heal the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think in saying you're doing that also for the future. So it's really timeless because definitely, you know, you can see it generational. So a lot of my story is my ancestry, you know, being from Louisiana, having that deep rooted Southern hospitality kind of thing is a real thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that faith family friends is a real thing. And there's no you involved in that. Yeah. Breaking those generational patterns. Very powerful. Big part of my story. And it's like, I'm free from that. And my daughters are so strong. And I love that. I love these kids too, because they're so awake. They come here awake. Most of them, you know, my dad died not too long ago. I mean, no one warns you that when your parents have to get older, they almost become like your children. Like this is a warning listeners. As you get older, your responsibility as a child flips. Mm -hmm. flips. Trust me. I get it. It's all a cycle. It's a cycle of life and part of it. But you know, on the flip side of that, if you do have a parent that you don't have a healthy relationship you're not responsible for taking care of them either because there are some people or guardians, they don't necessarily have to be your biological parent, but maybe they're guardians. You don't have to take care of them. If you're not obligated to take care of anybody, if they're mistreating you and treating you bad, like you don't owe anybody anything. For sure. Still have your boundaries, even with healthy Mm -hmm. relationships. I have a very healthy relationship with my mom and my partner who's still an active alcoholic. So, I mean, it took years to do that. And I always say, if I can do it, anyone can, but a lot of Al-Anon in support too. You know, yeah, I think that's work. great that you're, you're doing that because enabling it happens. Enabling. If you're not getting help and you're not getting therapy because the addict needs therapy just as much as the family does. It's a, a disease that impacts your mental health. Yeah, I have to treat them both the same. It's very similar. So I found that everything that I have to do to protect myself with boundaries and not enable and all those things, I have to do the same, you know, whether it was a mental illness or, or the alcohol. What's crazy is that I've known my partner since second grade. He was like my first love, my first kiss. And 
every time, you know, we would go off from each other. I mean, I was married, he was married at three kids and he did too have a child. And then we both became available again. And it was just like magnetic. It was, yeah, it's just one of those things where if there are contracts that you sign, like I signed it, (laughs) I signed it and I'm totally good with it, but I just had to find a way to be healthy in this relationship. You can still love people who are sick. Don't have to put up with their bad behavior. But there were many years that I did. So it's not like I just got lucky. I had to do something work. Like he's in a better place with it. I'm in a better place with it. Okay, good. Yeah, there's nothing that's changed. It's just me. But here's the thing too. I wouldn't be who I am without all of this. And neither would you. I mean, being an empath and being able to connect to other people's energies, whether it's physical, it used to be a bad thing, but now I know how to connect to that physical ailment. And then I can easily remove myself from it. It's a gift and you can learn to use it to help people. You and I were just talking this morning. I had someone who I needed to kind of work through some stuff with her. I allowed myself to put down my boundary for a minute to connect with her energy, but put it up as soon as I needed to. It's a conscious decision. How do you deal with in today's world? I mean, there's a lot going on. You can't walk around with walls around you either. I, no, I do that. And like, for me, I always tell all my clients, like sensitives and empaths, they have this blinking sign that's over their head. And it says, please tell me all your problems. Cause I will have <laughs> answers to your problems that I don't have for myself. And mm. the thing about it is it's so important that just because you have the answer doesn't mean you have to give the answer. And if you do want to give the answer, it's okay, but you don't have to carry around everybody else's baggage with you. And I think that's the most important key distinction in, in this is that just because you can hold space for someone doesn't mean you get to hold their junk. Yep. And once they're done talking to you, you give it right back to them. You hand them there back. You, <laughs> you don't hold on to it. Yeah. And in my previous career, I would have everybody like they would just all come in my office and they would just dump all their yeah. crap in my office. And I'm at the end of every time I would just imagine swiping my desk clean and throwing it in the garbage because like I I love that I have an energy that feels really safe and welcoming because that's the thing is as an empath and a sensitive person, you have this energy that says like, I'm safe. I'll keep you safe as you share things with me. And most people, when they feel that, they're going to start divulging things and sharing things that they normally wouldn't share. And they usually will end up, I don't even know why I'm telling you this. Yeah. I haven't told anybody this ever, or I haven't thought about this in years. And it's just so funny. It's usually the same sentences that most people will say and end with. And it's, It's really beautiful, but you don't have to take on their junk. And that's really important. Like we are bombarded with stuff all day long from just the amount of like, for me, I live in Nashville. And so there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of traffic. And then we're bombarded by social media and ads and things like that all day long. And just everyday things. And so when we're bombarded by all that energy, 
it can be very heavy and taxing on us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so it's so important to clear your energy and so important to not take on other people's stuff because otherwise you don't know what's yours and what's theirs. And the more you separate that, you, you'll understand like, oh, I'm stressed out or, oh, I'm stressed out because they were stressed out. That's not my, <laughs> let's get rid of that. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And really you're doing that to make space. You're making, as you're clearing out of other people's energies, you know, the weight of the world, whatever it is, then you're making space. And in that space, there's wisdom, right? There's connection to source. There's remembrance. Yeah. I've had many, many awakenings. I can tell you the story of maybe a few big ones in the beginning that were so important, but they don't stop. Like I've been, you know, they don't, we have. Lots of awakenings throughout our lifetime. And I believe it's like next level consciousness. It's like you have an awakening, you go to the next level of consciousness. You have an awakening, you go to the next level of consciousness. And I just did an interview on another podcast and I was talking about the Akashic Records and someone commented and they're like, I don't understand. And I'm like, that's great because the seed's being planted for you to understand when you're ready and it will propagate when you're ready. And so that's the beautiful thing about spirituality and us growing and awakening. It's we're always have these seeds that are being planted. And as they're being planted, we're propagating them. We're nourishing them. And when they're ready to be in full bloom for you to understand them on the next level, they will. And for me, like there's lots of spiritual concepts that I've come across where I'm like, don't understand that. And then all of a sudden my head. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I I totally get it. Or I understood it at that time. And now I understand it on a completely different level. And I always tell people don't ever compare your journey with what other people are saying, because even if it doesn't make sense, right. The second you are listening to it for a particular reason at this moment, and it plants the seeds and it will grow and blossom as you grow and blossom, because that's, you're meant to be hearing the information. Uh, so it is like, you know, when you're a kindergartner and now you're like a senior and you're like, I would have never been able to see that in this light or understand yeah. it, but I knew it was there, but I just didn't understand it. And I even had that with boundaries. Like I could tell you, I'd read all the books, the codependency books and all that. And I could tell you all about them, but I wasn't really using them in my, in my life. And so I didn't know them. So once I did start using them in my life, oh girl, it was like, Ooh, this is it. And so that was like a mini awakening. So I love that. So you're like upgrading your consciousness. And also when you're not in that lately, I've been noticing, it's almost like you speak different languages than others around you. They, You're going to sit there and argue with somebody like all day long about something that is blue. And they can't see the world the same as you. They can't hear the things they don't you know, they can't process the way that you're processing. They don't have the space to, because they still haven't done all the healing. Yeah, very true. So like for me, this is why I love spiritual tools. So like one of my favorite spiritual tools in my toolbox is the Akashic Records. And it's because it offers multiple perspectives because Mm -hmm. so often we get tunnel vision. And when we get tunnel vision, we only see what's within the tunnel's range But if we open our perspective up, we can get a 360 view 
of any given situation. And for your listeners, it's an energetic field of infinite possibilities. Some people will refer to it as like a library for your soul. And we can open up the Akashic records to speak to the guardians who are, I also refer to them as the masters, teachers, and loved ones. And they'll give you love and guidance without any judgment on anything regarding you on past, present, or future. And they'll give you guidance with lots of love. And what they do is they end up breaking barriers. They end up helping you break patterns. They help you bring things into awareness. But the beautiful thing is they shift perspective. So for example, like if, if I was having a disagreement with my husband, I could go in the records and I can say, Hey, I got into this disagreement with my husband. Can you offer me a different perspective on this? And they might offer me a perspective that I didn't consider because I was in my wounded child mode. And that wounded child is playing the victim, is only seeing herself and not considering anybody else in the situation. Or they might offer me a perspective on how I was right and how to say it differently. So my husband might end up having a different perspective of the situation. Mm -hmm. And it's not about right or wrong because it's not right or wrong. It's about perspective. And it's how are we communicating and how can we communicate in a kind, compassionate way that allows us to get past whatever it is that we are disagreeing on. Opens it up to show you that, wow, these are all different probabilities for you. Yes. Right. These are, there's limitless possibilities here in your Akashic and, but yet you're living small. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's for me, I use them for the past, the present and the future. And Mm -hmm. so I can work on the past. I can work on the present. I can work on the future. And I'm a big believer with spiritual tools. You don't just do healing stuff with it because if you're only using the tool just to heal, it will be really heavy and you'll avoid the tool at all costs because you might burn yourself out on doing too many healings. So the nice thing about the Akashic records is I can go in there and be like, Hey, what is a color I can wear today that will make me feel zesty or feel joy? And they'll be like, oh, I'll wear this. Or what is it something I can do today that will allow me to have fun? And they might share something I never even considered or something so simple. And so the questions that we ask in life are so crucial and important in shaping our reality. And so the nice thing about the Akashic Records is it gives you an opportunity to consider and get really good at asking questions, questions about yourself, questions about what you can do and how you can do it. And then they give you the stepping stones and advice. And then you have free will if you want to take the advice or not take the advice. And it's such a beautiful thing to witness because my students in my program, Sacred Awakening, which is where I teach the Akashic Records, like the amount of transformations that they make in a four month period is incredible. Really? absolutely incredible because they have a different sense of awareness and self and they're having a self-discovery along the way which is that's what this is about it's like how can I get curious and how can I discover something new about myself and then what can I do with that information afterwards which is just beautiful when you get to witness it Hey listeners, did you know that Sense of Soul has a network of lightworkers affiliates program? Now you get to work with one of our inspiring guests. And I'd like to introduce you to one of our affiliates, Medicine Woman, Carrie Hummingbird. Carrie has put together an exclusive package 
for Sense of Soul listeners. You can take Carrie's mini course, Sacred Living with the Four Directions, and also get a 30-minute shamanic healing full cleanse of heavy energy and fill up your tank with high vibrational light. An amazing opportunity at a great price. You definitely want to take advantage of her amazing offer. You can go to www.senseofsoulpodcast.com and look under the network of lightworkers, or you can find this link directly to Carrie's amazing offer in the show notes. Wow. How long have you been doing them? Um, I have been teaching, I've been playing in the records for a, a little over 11 years now, I believe. And I've been teaching them since 2017. That's okay. The first course. So it's been a while. I love like, I love the records. It's one of those tools that um, it's a lifelong tool and you can use it for anything. And it couples well with anything else in your toolbox with when it comes to spirituality, spiritual practices. I remember the few times that I've had my Kashuk done. It's almost like um, I go there and I'm like, oh, I've been here like many times, like in my own sessions or, you know, I didn't realize that I was already tapping into that. I think that people that surprises people too. Um, cause I think it's common. It's like, we are already tapping into, you don't know that that's exactly yes. what you're doing, but you are tapping into your cash. Like, I think I've been tapping into my cash in my dreams or yes, um, absolutely dreams, or even, you know, experiences if you are doing any kind of like hallucinogen or, you know, um, that's not the word, what am I talking about? Um, plant medicine. Thing, yeah. A psychedelic, <laughs> you know, I think that these are glimpses. Yeah. So I was accessing my records as a kid. I didn't realize that. I must brought that up too. Yeah. And then I started playing in the records and that was what was revealed to me in the records. And I started unconsciously accessing them as an adult. And then I started studying them in depth. You are absolutely right on that. We do start accessing them. The the main thing is, is you want to make sure that you have a good, clean access point because sometimes what can happen is people will force their way in unconsciously or consciously, and they end up using their energy to force their way in or find the work. I call that the workaround and it creates imbalances in the physical body. And going back to what you were saying that you feel like you've been there before, it's because every word, deed, thought from the moment your soul is incepted is recorded in the Akash. Mm -hmm. And so because it's been recorded, and we are multidimensional, even though we're human, we're soul having a human experience and we're living on a linear timeline, everything is happening simultaneously. And so that's that remembrance that happens because you could have spent many lifetimes in the Akashic records, studying the Akashic records or have done it in your dreams and things like I do a lot of dream work. My dreams are crazy. So Me too. I, mean, I love that whole conversation about that. I just went to visit my family. My sister has five kids. And so it's just crazy. So it's just me, <laughs> and my sister and the kids and her husband and my daughter. And there's some little kids. And so getting sleep is a very precious thing. So we were like battling with sleep every night. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I told her the other night. I've been there. I had a dream 
that I was in this bed dreaming about the dream. <laughs> like, I just love dreams. Like, like I'm I, like, which one's real? <laughs> yeah. But it, it was, you know, it's such an out of body experience. And I, how I like even started in the Akashic records was through dream interpretation Love dreams. So dreams are everything in a dream is a symbolism of something else. And so you have to be able to interpret it, to understand it. And every tiny, tiny, tiny little detail to the cup, to the color, to the way you're positioned, to how someone else looks, all of that is your subconscious unlocking something for you to understand, or you're in a different realm Mm -hmm. and you're exploring that realm. If you want to remember your dreams, you have to keep the journal. I'll just even wake up and write, how do I feel? How did I wake up as a, you know, what was the first, you know, feeling emotion, but either if it's just tired, you know, a little bit of energy, you know, um, whatever it is, you know, just write that down. It's important because it starts training your brain to like do this every day. And then by the end of the week, you might, I don't know, get a visitation or something. Yes. And for, for people that don't want to journal, like I, a lot of times I'll do like a voice memo because sometimes it's, there's so many details that I can't journal it fast enough, or it takes me an hour to journal it. And I'm like, I don't got time for that. I can explain it in five minutes in the voice memo. I can't read my handwriting. Sometimes if I just roll over and I'm like, damn it, I wrote one word. It was that important for me to roll over and write the word. And it's like all the letters are on top of each other. (laughs) And then it's gone. You know, I was going to ask you another thing. I see synchronicity as similar. I mean, synchronicity in dreams has been such a huge part of my journey. So as I make space and as I healed, synchronicities in dreams were like, Amazing. <laughs> so oh, fun. yeah. So synchronicities are, you know, messages from spirit, like letting you know, depending on what, what the synchronicity means, but they're, they're messages mm-hmm. and it, it could be numbers. It could be a symbol. It could be a confirmation of something. It's kind of like a friend calling you and saying, hi, I'm checking in on you or, Hey, I just got, I just got tickets to the movies. You want to go? And so it's like one of those things with synchronicity, the universe divinity is always communicating with us. It's totally up to us to be able to sense, see, feel, imagine, hear, know that that is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so we got to open ourselves up to receiving those messages And so for me, like, I always like to play games. Like I like to go, like, I'm getting ready to start writing my book and like, I'll, I'll be like, okay, give me a sign on this. And then I'll, I'll get the sign. It's like, thank you. And it's very, very clear on what the sign is. And so synchronicities are like love notes from, from the universe. Mm, I love that. Yes. Love notes. Yeah, I, I've had some love notes and I've had some really scary notes too, because I think they can also be strong warnings. And actually, yes, I have felt that they have been from like my highest self, maybe in another time or space, you know, warning myself, like, dude, be careful. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's it's not all butterflies and rainbows. And, sure. you know, the, the synchronicity doesn't have to always be about something positive. Yeah. It's, you know, if you get a gut feeling, that gut feeling is telling you something and it's important to pay attention to it. And anytime I, I ignore it, I'm always like, I knew it. Like, I already knew it. And why didn't I do it? It's because I, I was either rushing or I didn't want to hurt someone's feelings or, you know, there's so many reasons why someone will do that. And uh, I mean, just visiting my sister recently, we had something like that happen. She's like, I knew I was supposed to do that and I didn't do it. And and she goes, I knew it. I shouldn't have stopped and took the five seconds to do it. And it's like, yeah, it's like your gut tells you something. That's a synchronicity. Mm -hmm. That's, that's your intuition telling you something. And then something happens after that to confirm that that intuitive hit that you got was actually very accurate. Absolutely. You know, if you lean into them too, you like following those synchronicities, they'll always lead you to where you're supposed to go. And of course you have to discern as you're leaning into them. Cause I mean, I'm sure just like you said, you maybe not even know exactly what it is, but it's that sense of negativity, you know? So what do you do to protect yourself? I like to practice like spiritual hygiene, like even in the shower, in the bath every day. Yeah, I think clearing your energy daily throughout the day is so important. Setting up protection, groundings, all very, very important. But a simple thing is, it's a very simple affirmation mantra. And it's, I am safe. Mm -hmm. I am protected. I am loved. Declaring it. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. when you declare that and you state it, there's a different sense of being Mm -hmm. that you get to step into. And I call this humble power. It's like you get to step into that humble power, your inner child that is wounded in some way, shape or form gets to know that it's safe and that it's okay to navigate this world. Mm -hmm. And going back to like dreams, not all bad dreams mean something bad, because oftentimes it's your subconscious working through something and it doesn't necessarily mean that something bad is going to happen. Now, sometimes it is a premonition or a warning that something is going to happen. I'll give you an example of this. I had a a friend once call me and she's like, I had a dream about you last night. I said, Oh yeah. Tell me about your dream. She goes, yeah, you had this friend that worked at a news station and I just didn't like her. There was something really bad about her. Like she was using you and I just didn't like her, but you like, you just really cared about her and you were ignoring all the signs. I said, Oh, I said, well, usually when you dream about someone, that is an aspect of yourself Mm -hmm. and I'm representing an aspect of you in your dream. And she was like, oh, I have a friend that works at a news station, right? I'm like, there you go. Your subconscious is telling you, beware of this person Mm -hmm. that this yeah. person probably is not in alignment with you and like your relationship. It's not worth being in a relationship with, right? You can never take a dream at face value. And similar to in the records, you can never take the guardians, the master teachers, the loved ones messages at face value because yeah. we have one perspective at first when we listen or hear it or read it or right. review it. And then as we let it simmer like a soup, it gets more mm-hmm. flavorful. 
And as it gets more flavorful, we get to have an opportunity to experience the multiple flavors that is within the message. You know, that is so true. I mean, I look back this past year, I have actually connected with so many dreams I had so long ago. They didn't mean anything at the time. They were just really cool, but they didn't have like a whole lot of meaning. And maybe they did even at the time, but like I'm discovering today, you know, dreams that I had like a decade ago. And this also goes for Akashic Records. How many things that I've been experiencing Akashic Records, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all connecting now. You need the space to do it. But when it happens, it's so super fun. See, that's where it's at. We have to make the space first. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're connecting to dreams from a decade ago. I have that too, but it's very interesting when they start to speed up and you start making the connections as well. Like, oh, I had a dream about that like three weeks ago. And then there's the deja vu moment. And you can actually use the Akashic records to interpret the dream you can use the records for anything, like literally anything. The only thing you can't do is go into someone else's records without permission, but you can use the records for anything. And so you can ask about synchronicities. You can ask about the dream interpretation. You can ask about like, Hey, I had this come up in my meditation. What does that mean? Because meditation and dreams are very similar. You make space for God, creator, creation to give you answers to your prayers. And so they're giving you answers. They're showing you things or you're sensing or feeling things. And then they get, you get an opportunity to utilize that information differently. And that's what you're doing is you're collecting information to have a self-discovery, to up-level your consciousness so you can change your reality and that you can ascend to new levels of conscious. Part of the awakening process, and like we talked about earlier, we've, we've all had many, many, many awakenings. And so it's not just one awakening that we have. And it's what do we do while we're in that awakening? What do we do after that awakening? And that's where the curiosity and the self-discovery comes in. And I part of my mission too is to make being human okay. Because I think that sometimes in the spiritual community, Oh, if you feel bad, that's not good. No, it is. It's okay. It's okay to feel bad. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be so enraged. What's not okay is if you stay in that space and it becomes your personality and it engulfs you and buries you. What's beautiful is as a soul, we get to experience a ray of emotions. We get to experience all sorts of different experiences And we have the capability of changing our reality at any moment in time if we choose to. And so often I think that people get so stuck that, oh, this is how my life is, or I'm too scared to make this change, or I'm too scared to do this. And if we actually dance with the fear and hold hands with fear, we can face our fears in a different way that allows us to evolve into the person, into the evolved being that we want to be. And we've chose to be human in this lifetime for a reason. And if we allow ourselves to be buried by bad experiences, you're only going to continue to have bad experiences. If you take the time and thank those bad experiences and allow yourself to move on from them, 
and heal from them, you get an opportunity to change your reality. And yes, people have bad circumstances. People get dealt really bad hands with cards, like, you know, they're they're dealt a bad hand and it's how you choose to react to that bad hand or how you choose to react to what cards you have been dealt. And when you choose to react in a different way, you get to have a different experience. I love that. Yeah. And that different experience is infinite. It's infinite possibilities in there, whether it's connecting and remembering or manifesting or healing. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Amy. You're such a blessing. You're so much wisdom. I really appreciate you coming on. I love your perspective, like on empaths and awakening and boundaries and the Akasha. I just love it. Thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So you can go to my website, theamyrobeson.com and we have a tab that's like free and events or gifts and events, or you can go to theamyrobeson.com backslash free. I have like over 20 plus healings on there. Also have a podcast that's called Awakening with Amy Robeson. Yay. And you're on YouTube. We just got on there and I'm very grateful for my team because I wouldn't yeah. be able to do it if I didn't have a team. Like well, you're really good though on your YouTube. I, I applaud hey. you. I, it was your visuals are great and you just are good on camera. So oh thank like you, it. my dear. I appreciate yeah. you. And it's it's Amy Robeson on YouTube. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for listening to Sense of Soul Podcast. And thanks to our special guests for joining me. If you want more of Sense of Soul, check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support Sense of Soul Podcast by donating to my coffee fund. Thanks for listening.